Welcome to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. I want to talk to you tonight something that I've not really talked about in depth, um, and that is talking about the secrets of God. People don't even know the Bible talks about that. People don't even know. I'm going to give you all kinds of scripture tonight, all kinds of scripture. I want you to take notes, but we're talking about the secrets of God, the secrets of God, and uh, God wants to make those secrets available to you. He wants to speak to you and tell you secrets about the future. He wants to share thing, the hidden things. He wants to share the hidden things with you. And there's a real power and benefit in that, as you can imagine. When the Lord begins to speak, he'll tell you things that nobody knows. He'll share with you things that nobody had any idea about. Things to come. Things that he's planning to do. He'll show you where blessings are located. He'll give you actions uh, to take. He'll give you instructions. And by the time you step into your obedience and step out in that obedience to his instruction, he'll lead you right to a secret blessing. Nobody knew it was there. Nobody could have ever imagined that that would have taken place. But the Lord knows not only the future, he knows all things. Our God is an omniscient God. And his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. You know, we're limited in our minds. We're limited in our thinking by finite minds, natural minds. God is infinite. And he, because he knows all things, he has the ability to share those things with us. And so I wanted to, uh, I, I've told this story before. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's really interesting. But I shared this summer, the other day with somebody. Um, I was, I remember when I was younger, this is kind of a funny story. It's also kind of cruel. I can't imagine doing this, but, um, when I was younger, I spent my whole life, uh, traveling with my father and mother, uh, as they evangelized and, uh, went and held revivals. I was homeschooled, if you couldn't tell. And, uh, I went around just traveling full time with my dad and mom, church to church to church. And back in those days, you know, um, places weren't built up as much as they are now. Like you guys know, if you've been around long enough, over the last 20 years, even rural places have been built up more and more and more, more uh, restaurants, more hotels, more stores, and stuff that used to be country is, is now very built up. Well, as we were traveling, and, uh, and holding revivals. And some of these churches were in very rural parts of America, uh, places out in uh, Indiana and, you know, Kentucky and uh, New Hampshire and very rural parts of, of America. Uh, things weren't built up as much back then. And so there, you'd, you'd go to some towns and there wasn't necessarily a hotel close. But uh, we would make a habit of the pastor would have us to stay with them in their home. And really... That's how I grew up uh, for the majority of my childhood is that we'd go to a church and many times it was in a rural part of America and uh, the pastors, a lot of pastors would live in 
a parsonage and we would stay with them uh, in the parsonage. And my mother and father would take the guest room and uh, many times I'd either stay in one of the kids' rooms or, you know, there was times that, you know, there'd be a pull-out couch or something. Well, we were at this meeting one time and uh, I was so excited because the pastor's son had the original Nintendo Entertainment System. I was so excited about this because uh, it had just come out relatively recently and he had not just, he didn't just have the Nintendo, he had like all the games, like he had a stack of games. I'm talking about a stack of games. All the good games too, all the ones that you hoped you got for Christmas. And um, uh, I was like, man, this is gonna be an amazing week. I'll get to go. And then I thought, I thought about this. I was like, man, the pastor's son goes to public school in the day. So when I'm homeschooled, I'll be doing my, my stuff here. And uh, man, I'm standing in his room. And when he's at school, you know, I'll finish my work real quick. And then I'll be able to just play his Nintendo. He's got all these cool games and all this stuff. And, um, and so he had, I can remember back then, Super Mario 3 had dropped. And it was like the game of all games. It was so cool. I remember all my friends thought, I want that for Christmas. Super Mario Brothers 3 is out and all this. Now Mario can fly. I mean, it was just, it was next level. So I remember thinking like, man, I'm going to do my school, finish up. He's got a Nintendo. I'll play that thing until he gets home. Then we'll play together. So the next day, which was after the Sunday uh, that we started the revival, Monday hit. And uh, I woke up the next morning and he'd already gone to school and I was getting my stuff. I went into the room where the Nintendo was set up in his bedroom and I looked around and the Nintendo was gone. I was like, no, no, the Nintendo's gone. I was like, what's going on? What is happening right now? The games were gone. The system was gone. The controllers were gone. I was like, what in the world? Now I started looking around the room. I'm opening the cupboards like under the TV, no Nintendo. I'm looking in the drawers. I'm looking at all the stuff. I'm looking in his dresser, all the things. N- no Nintendo. The Nintendo is gone. I'm like, what in the world is going on? We just had full Nintendo yesterday. And, uh, and I was like bummed because, man, I had a whole day to play Nintendo. And later he comes home from school and he's like, yeah, you want to <laughs> you play Nintendo? I was like, dude, the Nintendo is gone. He goes into the room. He had like a, uh, he had like a, a, a miniature grandfather clock against his wall. And he leans the grandfather clock forward. And there was like a shelf behind it that was hidden against the wall. And I saw the Nintendo system and all the games stuffed into this, into this secret place in the back of the grandfather clock. And, and there he is. He had hidden the Nintendo system from me. He did not, he was like, if I'm not home to play Nintendo, nobody's playing Nintendo. And this dude, this stingy son of a gun had stolen, he put that thing behind the grandfather clock and he was like, no evangelist son is playing my Nintendo when I'm not around. And, and I came home and I was like, are you serious? And he, he pulled it out from the secret place and hooked it back up and got the games out. And then, you know, we started playing Nintendo. And I thought to myself, like, man, I looked everywhere. But there it was. It was like within reach. It was, it was, uh, it, it was right in the room. And I, had, I thought I had checked all the places. And I didn't know about that place. I had no idea about that place. And uh, it was ma- making me laugh thinking about that. 
uh, preparing this tonight because uh, it made me think. It was there. It was available. It, it was in the room. And I didn't have access to it because I didn't know where it was. It made me laugh, think about how, what a stupid thing to do. I mean, you know, whatever. But it's amazing how there are things that are available. There are things that uh, literally you could take into your hand and you don't know how to access it. You don't know how to get to it. You don't know where it is. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the power of the leading of God. Because not only did he create it, He knows where it is. He knows how to access it. He knows how to get to it. He knows how to lead you to it. And um, it made me think of that because uh, a lot of people are trying to do things in what they know in their natural mind. Well, if I do this, I'll get this. If I plan this, I'll get this. If I do these steps, I'll get this result. But they, they rule out being led by the Spirit and listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit who knows where every secret thing is hidden. He knows how to get to every answer that you need. And I was going through these verses in the, in the scripture today, and it's powerful to look at. And I want to read some of these to you if you've never seen them before. Uh, first of all, let me read to you Deuteronomy 29, 29. Deuteronomy 29, 29. If you're taking notes, you want to log all of these scriptures because you need to know that God has secrets that he can share with his children. And when he does, it gives you access not only to knowledge, but to blessings and breakthroughs that not everybody has access to. But let me read to you Deuteronomy 29, 29. Listen to this. The Bible said, the secret things belong to the Lord our God. Get that. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. So we have things. Now, now think about it. This word has been revealed to us. This is the revealed word of God. This is the revealed will of God. And we have access to it. The things that have been revealed have been given to us and our children forever. But you know what you're not going to find in this book? you're not going to find the personal instructions for your life. You're not going to find uh, God's plan specifically for you. You can read the Bible cover to cover. It's not going to tell you what college to attend. It's not going to tell you which career path to take. It's not going to tell you where to move or what church to attend. This Bible, it may give you parameters, but it's not going to tell you who to marry right? And those things the Holy Spirit can lead you to. He can tell you what career path to take, what college to attend. It can, he can tell you what state to live in. He can tell you what church he wants you to be a part of. I mean, he's done all those things with me. I've told you the story many times. He, he told me where to live multiple times. He told me where to go to college. He told me what state to move to, what church to attend, specifically very specifically. And notice, I could have read the Bible cover to cover and never gotten those answers, never gotten those answers. But by listening to the Holy Ghost, guess what? He reveals secrets to you. He reveals secrets to you. It's so amazing. I mean, can you imagine this, that 
When we moved to Florida, my wife only had one thing she told the Lord. She said, well, Lord, if you're moving us back to Florida, there's a certain uh, town, city that I want to live in. And, and she'd been here before she's from here. She said, there's a certain city. If we're moving back to that area of South Florida, there's a certain city I want to live in. And I want you to bless us there. Well, God brought us back to that very city that she uh, asked him for. And when we, when we came back initially, we began to rent a house in a place. And I'm going to tell you something. It was a perfect place. Perfect place. Well, after we rented that house for a little while, the owner decided he wanted to sell the home. And we had one prayer point. Lord, keep us. We love this development. We love this city. We love this neighborhood. Keep us in this place. Keep us in this place. And the Lord revealed, shows my wife. She goes online pulls up this spot. She's like, look at this. Look at this. Here's a home. We look where it's at. It's right across the street, right across the main road in the same development we're already living in, in the rental house. She said, look at this. It's for sale. And I was like, are you serious? I go over there to look at it and I recognize something. This is the same neighborhood and house I've been walking past 30 times a day praying in the Holy Ghost. I would leave our neighborhood in the development and go to the neighborhood across the street. I didn't even know why. And I just walked that neighborhood and pray in the Holy Ghost. We looked, it was even bigger than the house we were renting. Beautiful, perfect location. I noticed something when I looked at the property. Nobody had lived in that house since we moved to Florida. Two years. That's unheard of where we live. That's unheard of. For a property to stay empty for two years, unheard of. And it's not because it was off the market. It was on the market. The owner was trying to sell it and could not sell it. Multiple people tried to buy it and always something would fall through and they couldn't buy it. Whether they, they couldn't get the funds to come in from overseas or the deal fell through or whatever it might be, he tried and tried and tried. God was holding that secret in that place for us. Hear what I'm telling you. The Lord was holding that secret blessing in that place for us. And let me tell you what God did. The by the time we go to talk to the owner and we get a hold of the agent, the owner dropped the price of the home over $100,000. $100,000. Not only did he drop the price over $100,000, guess what else he did? He decided to pay the closing costs on that property. The owner did that. He's like, I just want to be out of it. And we took possession of it. Perfect place that God had set for us. It was a secret. Nobody else could have it. It was set aside for us. Well, you say, well, how did you get there? By listening to the secrets of God. Say, how did you get access to this? Yeah, that's right, Yaniel. Equity and an upgrade. Because let me tell you, though he dropped the price, the value didn't drop. And can I tell you another thing that we never thought of until, uh, until now? Really interesting. It's interesting to me. God put us right in that position before the entire boom hit South Florida and Florida as a state. The entire boom hit. The Lord put us in that home before those property prices went through the roof a secret that was set aside 
just for our family because we obeyed the voice of the Holy Spirit. Say, how did you get there? Do you know I had no reason to come here? I had no reason to come here other than the Holy Spirit gave me a secret, spoke to me while I was driving all by myself in a car. I was driving from Pittsburgh all the way up to Rochester, New York, and I made up my mind, I'm just going to pray in the Holy Ghost while I'm driving, and I'm not going to stop praying in the Holy Ghost until I get there. Well, I began to pray, and it, I'm telling you when, you, when you make that kind of a dedication, Lord, I'm pushing all distractions away, and I'm just going to seek your face. I'm in the car, and I start hearing in my spirit, not audible voice, in my spirit. I start getting these instructions. Move to Florida. Move to Florida. I'm like, what? You know what I've said up till that point? I said this to everybody. I don't like Florida. I've never liked Florida. That's what I would tell people. I don't like, and I didn't. I didn't care for it. My wife is from here. You know what she would always say? I'm never moving back there. I'm never going back there. And here we are driving and dri- And I'm just by myself. She's at home in Virginia Beach. And, I'm dri- and the Holy Ghost said, move to Florida. He didn't just tell me move to Florida. You know what he said? Plant yourself in this church. And it was Abundant Life Church. And at the time, uh, the pastor was Bishop Rick Thomas. Of course, this year just transitioned. But said, plant yourself. Plant yourself in that church, move to South Florida. I didn't have any reason. In fact, do you know, I, in my mind, I argued with the Lord. You know what I told him? I said, Lord, you know I'm an evangelist. You know I travel to all my meetings. And at that time, we were driving to a majority of our meetings. And I said, Lord, <laughs> you know, you're putting me in the tip of South Florida. And just to drive out of Florida is going to take a full day of driving. Well, little did I know, not only was God taking us up, he was taking us to a place where he was going to, we're going to fly everywhere. And it wouldn't just be me. He's going to fly, now he's flying our whole family everywhere. Then flying our family and our staff and everything. And look at the increase. Look at the, look at the increase. All because God gave me access to a secret, a secret by the Holy Spirit. He said, I've got blessings for you set aside in a place. Now, if, now watch this. If I had not obeyed that instruction from the Lord. He had that, he had that house set aside for me. I want you to get that. He had that house waiting on me. It was already mine. Notice the moment I said, yes, the moment I came here, nobody could touch that house empty for two years, empty and not for lack of trying, but God had something set aside. It was based on his secret, his secret. And hang on, (laughs) sorry, I just got back from China. Um, So it was the secrets of God. Well, look what the Bible says. The Bible declares that the secret things belong to the Lord our God. But those things which are revealed belong to us and our children forever. So notice, you can't get all of your leading from the word because there's not specific direction for your life in the word. You got to hear the voice of the Holy Ghost based on the secret. That's right, Tracy, based on the secrets of God. So the secret things, who do they belong to? The Lord. The secret things belong to the Lord, our God. <laughs> Montanique said, you are wrong for that. <laughs> Montanique, I'm going to see you in two weeks, two weeks. Um, the secret things belong to the Lord, our God. Now watch this. Proverbs chapter three. 
This will stir your spirit up. Listen to the phrasing on this. Proverbs 3.32. For the perverse person is an abomination to the Lord, but his secret counsel is with the upright. His secret counsel is with the upright, the righteous. God gives secret counsel to the righteous. Woo, that's your story. That's your story. Proverbs 3.32, that's your story. You're the righteous. You're the set apart. You're his covenant children. That's your story. He gives secret counsel to the upright. I like, listen to the ESV. The Bible says in the ESV, uh, the devious person is an abomination to the Lord, but the upright are in his confidence. Have you ever heard that? You told something that that somebody told you not to tell and and they said, "You you broke my confidence. You broke confidence. What does that mean? We had a secret, something I told you to keep between me and you, but you broke confidence. That's what the Bible's saying here, that the upright, the upright are in his confidence. That means that he is able to relay to you secrets that nobody else is getting access to. The righteous have access to secrets that other people, the wicked, the devious, the abominant, have no access to those secrets. But God speaks to you. God speaks to me. And things change. Things change, as I just showed you, when you have access to the secrets of God. Things change. Blessings flow. People say, well, look how blessed Job was. Did you ever wonder what was the source of Job's blessing. We know how blessed Job was. I mean, he was the greatest man in the East. Greatest man in the East. And he was so blessed, so blessed. But people wonder, what was the source of Job's blessing? Let me read it to you because he tells us in Job chapter 29. It's Job 29 and verse four. Listen to this. He's lamenting now about before the attack came on him. He's lamenting to his earlier days. And listen to what he says. Oh, that I was as in the days of my youth. Look, when the secret of God was upon my tabernacle. Glory to God. Job tells us what happened. He said the secret of God was upon my tabernacle in the days of my youth. The secret of God. So Job had access to the secret of God. He said, as in the days of my youth, as in the days of my youth, when the secret of God was upon my tabernacle. So what takes place? Notice, there's no way to break these two things apart. The greatest man in the East, Job, the greatest man in the East, there's a correlation. He was the greatest man, but it's because he had access to the secret of God that was upon his tabernacle. When the secret of God is in your house, when you have access to his voice and he's showing you things about the future, what does it do? It leads you into the blessings of God. Leads you into the blessings of God. Let me show you what I mean by that. And I'm just giving you these resources. I want you to put these verses down. Even if you've got to write the references down, put them in, put them in your notes. Uh, Psalm 25, verse 4. Psalm 25 and verse 4, listen, uh, or verse 14, I should say. Psalm 25, verse 14, listen to this. The secret of the Lord is with those who fear him 
and he will show them his covenant. Glory to God. Psalm 25, 14. The secret of God is with those who fear him. Well, that's you. That's me, his covenant children. Is with those who fear him. What will he do? And he will show them his covenant. Glory to God. He will show us his covenant. That access to covenant strength. It comes with the secret of God that's extended to those who fear the Lord. Hallelujah. Those who fear the Lord, you got access. You've got access. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We have access. That's right. Uh, Brother Glenn quoted this earlier in the comments, Psalm 91.1. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. There's a secret place. When you're in that secret place, notice it even gives you access to his protection. Hallelujah. Access to his protection. I shared this story a couple nights ago that as my father was just going about his business one day, I was out in Bible school and he's just going about his business, doing his thing. And all of a sudden the Lord shows him a secret, shows him a a vision. And he sees me, his son, getting in a car accident. Oh, and he began to pray. Started to pray, started to pray, started to pray. What happened? God showed him a secret. Secrets about the future. Secrets about the future. And he began to pray. He said, I prayed until I prayed through. I felt the release in my spirit. That was the night that I fell asleep at the wheel, driving in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Pulled my vehicle through lanes of oncoming traffic and through a restaurant parking lot and never hit a car, never hit a person, never hit a telephone pole. Ended up in the middle of a, a, a warehouse parking lot that was empty. Not a scratch on me and I didn't even have a seatbelt on. It was my own lack of wisdom. But he prayed. Why? God showed him a secret. He couldn't have known that. He wouldn't have known that. No person knows the future unless God reveals it to them. But the Bible says... He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Even the protection of God belongs to those who hear his secrets. He'll show them. He'll show them. Hallelujah. I like this. Talking about protection. Listen to this. Psalm 27, 5. Psalm 27, 5. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion in the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. In what? The time of trouble. In the time of trouble, God will hide you in the secret place of his tabernacle. You've got access to the secret place. Thank you, Jesus. Access to the secret place. And when God reveals his secrets to you, In fact, I like this because I was even reading, and I'd like to see what the NET says. I was even reading how the Lord spoke to the prophet Jeremiah in the Old Testament. And it's interesting that, of course, the prophets had access to God's voice, his instructions, his leading. And, um, but as I was reading what God said to Jeremiah in the New Living Translation, uh, I thought it was interesting that he told him, If you'll ask me, I will tell you secrets about the future. And I'll pull that up. 
Again, that's Jeremiah 33 and verse 3. Jeremiah 33, verse 3. And let me read it to you um, in the New Living Translation first. This is how it says it in the New Living. It says, ask me and I will tell you remarkable secrets you do not know about things to come. Now that's the New Living Translation. Ask me and I will tell you remarkable secrets about things to come. Uh, The ESV says it this way, call to me and I'll answer you and will tell you great and hidden things that you've not known. I wanted to see how the, uh, the Net Bible said it. And I think that this is really interesting because you also get the, you get access to the um, translator's commentary here. But verse three in the Net Bible says, call on me in prayer and I will answer you. I will show you great and mysterious things that you still do not know about. And that word mysterious here is really interesting because they're they're giving us some insight into the Hebrew language here. And what the translators wrote about this, they said this word is normally used, think about this, it's normally used to describe cities or walls, like the walls of cities when it says mysterious or what we would call secret things or hidden things, it's usually used in the Hebrew to describe cities or walls uh, as fortified or inaccessible. That's That's an interesting commentary. This word normally used to describe cities or walls that are inaccessible or fortified. All the lexicrons, however, agree in seeing it here as metaphorically as a secret or something that is information. So, uh, those, those lexicons about the Hebrew said, well, in this case, it's more metaphorical meaning information that is behind a fortified wall, information that previously would be inaccessible, right? It's like in the old school medieval days when they would move that, uh, of course, you had the drawbridge on a castle that would go down over the moat. And of course, if you understand how all that worked, the moat around a castle that was filled with water, it kept people from being able to get too close to the walls. Because if you were gonna lay siege to a castle, a lot of times there were siege weapons. But as you know, if you've seen any of those movies, they'd put ladders up against it or they'd come up with, with siege weapons and try to break them down, break the walls down. But if they put that moat around the castle, it, it, it stopped people from getting too close to the castle walls. And then when it was a time where they were in protection, what would they do? They would raise up the drawbridge so that the castle was totally inaccessible to outsiders. There's no way to get in. No way to get in. And you think about that. If you imagine it in that way, what the scripture is saying here metaphorically is that there are secrets about the future. There are things to come that are uh, fortified and inaccessible to any human being. There's no way that you'd be able to break into that realm to gain that information, to gain those secrets about the future, unless the Lord was able to give it to you. And the Lord tells Jeremiah, if you'll call unto me in prayer, I'll not only hear you, 
but I'll give you access to secrets about the future. Now, we're talking about an Old Testament prophet here. We're talking about an Old Testament man who did not have the Holy Spirit living in his body. Now we know that every believer is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Paul said that by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Every believer is the temple of the Holy Spirit. He had to write to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 6, 19, and he said, don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost who lives in you, dwells in you, makes his abode or home in you? So we all have the Holy Ghost who is the Spirit that God sent who leads us and guides us into all truth. So now, let me give you the good news. Now, in the New Testament, you don't have to depend upon a prophet to tell you something. Now, prophets are still uh, in existence. Prophets are still working. Prophets are still necessary. God is still speaking through prophets, and the prophetic word is vital. But it is never to blindly guide you because you have the Holy Ghost the same spirit that's giving the prophet a word is a spirit that lives inside of you. So uh, now prophecy has changed in that uh, we're not led by prophets like they were in the Old Testament. We're led by the spirit. Hallelujah. We're not led by prophets. We're led by the spirit. I'm going to say that again. People need to hear it. We're not led by prophets. We're led by the spirit. I've seen people get messed up because Somebody gave them a prophetic word, quote unquote, that was not from the Lord, but they blindly followed it because they thought, well, that's the prophetic word. That's what I need to be doing. But notice something. The prophetic word will come to you, but the Holy Ghost that is in you will confirm that word. He'll confirm that word. You don't depend on prophets for your guidance. You depend on the Holy Ghost. I don't care. Let me tell you, I wouldn't care if somebody came up to me and said, I've got a prophetic word for you. You're supposed to move to China and build orphanages. Well, thank God for them. Thank God that they stepped out in faith to give me that word. Thank God. But let me tell you, if the Holy Ghost never tells me to move to China and build orphanages, I ain't leaving. I don't care if a hundred people showed up. If I keep feeling a check in my spirit, from the Holy Spirit that says, no, don't go. Don't do that. Don't do that. Just because somebody says they have a word from the Holy Ghost doesn't mean they have a word from the Holy Ghost, right? Let me say that again. Just because someone says they have a word from the Holy Ghost doesn't mean they have a word from the Holy Ghost. It's like last year. <laughs> somebody came up to my father in a church service and said, I have a word for you. So what's the word? He said, the Lord tells me, she said, Brother Shuttlesworth, you're going to drown this summer. <laughs> he said, no, I'm not. She said, you're not? How do you know? He said, because I can swim. <laughs> oh, yeah. And there's people, uh, you got people that are parking lot prophets, bathroom stall prophets. They'll stop you in the hallway. They'll stop you in the bathroom. They'll stop you in the parking lot. They'll stop you in the lobby. Everybody's got a word, but make sure that word lines up with what's in your spirit. Make sure that word is confirmed by the Holy Ghost that is on the inside of you. Hallelujah. 
Thank you, Jesus. We're led by the Holy Ghost, led by the Spirit of God. Just because somebody claims to be a prophet or says they have a word from you, okay, listen to it, be humble, be meek, receive, say, okay, I'll, I'll hear it. But you know what the Bible teaches? That after it's spoken, after we hear it, there's others that are standing by, including hopefully you, if you're the one getting the word, that can judge what's being said. How would you be able to judge what's being said? There's two ways. I'm going to give them to you right now. There are two ways to judge what's being said. The first and foundational way to judge if a word is from God is, does it line up with the written word of God? Does it line up with the written word of God? If, if somebody gives me a word that's completely contrary to this word, I don't receive it. God's not going to give you a word by the Holy Spirit that contradicts his written word. Hallelujah. God is not going to give you a word by the Holy Spirit that contradicts his written word. Amen. And so the first thing I have to ask myself is, does it line up with the written word of God? Secondly, the way you know, the second way to judge if a prophecy is, is for you is when that word comes to you, does, your, does the Holy Spirit within you bear witness to that word? Does, it, does the Holy Spirit bear witness? Do you feel that confirmation? Oh, that's right. I can sense in my spirit. That's a word for me. That's a, that's a right word. How do, how do I know? How do I know if I'm driving in the car and I hear a word of my spirit move to Florida? Whether it's from a person or not. What if I just hear, how do I know it's just not me having, you know, mental things of like, oh yeah, well, I, I just, maybe that's me just wanting to move to Florida, right? How do you know if the word's from the Lord? Well, I felt the confirmation. I know the voice of the Holy Spirit. I know the voice of the Holy Spirit. Probably also helped to know that my flesh, my mind had no desire to move to Florida. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And let me tell you, you say, well, how do you know it wasn't the devil then? How do you know it wasn't a deceiver? Let me tell you, if you can't tell the difference between the voice of the enemy and the voice of your best friend, the Holy Spirit, you've got real problems. If you can't distinguish the difference between the voice of your worst enemy from your best friend, you've got real problems. No, Jesus said, my sheep know my voice and a stranger's they will not follow. A stranger's they will not follow. Amen. So we know the voice of the Holy Spirit. In fact, I want you to put it in the comments tonight. I know the voice of the Holy Spirit. I know him. I know him. I can clearly hear him. I can distinguish his voice from my own mind. I can distinguish his voice from my own desires. I can distinguish his voice from the devil's voice or a demon. And I can distinguish his voice from somebody's fleshly word that they gave me that was not in the Holy Ghost. I know the voice of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord's been speaking to many of you over this last uh, 12 months. Things he wants you to do. You know his voice. You know his voice. That's why I've been teaching these things. When the Lord speaks to you, then step out. Don't take forever. That's why I, I was teaching, was it last night, on how the miracle's in the move. Move quickly. When God tells you to go, go. 
Do it. Do it. He's looking to see who's quick to obey me. Well, you can't obey a word you don't hear or a word you don't know that is the Lord. So you've got to be able to distinguish his voice. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The secret things belong to you and to me because the Lord will reveal them to us. And I say this regarding Jeremiah because look, if the Lord will show him these things as an Old Testament prophet, and now we have the Holy Spirit who leads us and guides us into all truth, you better believe he's speaking to you now. He's speaking to you now. Glory to God. You've got an advantage and that advantage is the Holy Spirit. The great advantage that you have above those who don't have a covenant with God. The great advantage is the Holy Spirit. He gives you a leg up on this generation because you can hear things from the Lord. You can judge things. You can know what's right. Your spirit can receive a, I can be checked. That's not right. I shouldn't take that job. I shouldn't go that place. I shouldn't buy that house. I shouldn't take that car. I shouldn't have these friends. The Holy Spirit can check you. And part of the power of fasting and prayer like we're doing, here we are in night 16. The power of prayer and fasting is that your flesh is weakened and subdued and kind of quieted and your spirit man becomes, uh, steps up to the forefront and you begin to hear more clearly the voice of the Holy Ghost and you begin to step out and faith is built as you study the word of God and you listen to preaching and teaching and you're praying and you're reading the word and things are changing. And that's why I'm telling you, these, these times we have together are so vital because it's in these moments the Lord will begin to speak things to you. And you're setting yourself in position in the first uh, moments of this year. You're setting yourself in position to be led by God, to be blessed by God, to be blessed by God. Let me tell you, when the Lord re reveals secrets to you, when he shows you things about the future, when he gives you a leading or guidance, step out quickly. Step out quickly and obey that voice that's leading you forward. Hallelujah. Because there's blessing on the other side. Let me tell you what he told King Cyrus. Listen to this. This was in regard to King Cyrus, Isaiah 45. He told King Cyrus, I will give you the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places that you may know that I, the Lord, who call you by your name, am the God of Israel. There's things, when the Lord speaks to you, the Lord might speak to you by, by a plot of land. I'm thinking about Dr. Bob Rogers, Louisville, Kentucky. Pastor's there. The Lord spoke to him to buy a certain plot of land. Next thing you know, they discover there's natural gas on his land. The Lord spoke to him to get it, and he got it, and natural gas, and now he allows them to come in and get that gas and pay him royalties, pay him money. They look like just a piece of land, but when he bought it, he found out there were secrets, secret things that God knew, secret things that God knew, glory to God, secret things that God knew. I know that. Let me tell you another thing. Let me tell you another thing. Uh, Brother Jesse Duplantis bought property, bought land, and they discovered oil on his land to the point where now, people don't know this, because he has that property that produces that, 
They, they can produce their own jet fuel. Hallelujah. They can produce their own jet fuel because of what was discovered on his property. You talk about being led by the Spirit into blessing. And now, of course, we know as he's flying around the country, he's like, you know how expensive jet fuel is? Well, let me tell you, for him, he can produce his own. Why? By the secrets of God. By the secrets of God. Glory to God. By the secrets of God. You don't know. And then the Lord speaks to you to do something. You didn't even know it was there. And all of a sudden, boom, one obedience, one step of obedience to an instruction from God opens the door. Next thing you know, overwhelming blessing hits you. Because of what? You obeyed and got access to the secrets of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. You obeyed and gained access to the secrets of God. I remember when Bishop Oyedepo was believing God to build one of his universities and they needed property. He told his mates to go down, go down to this property here and just stand on this property. We need this property. And so being led by the Spirit, sent him down uh, to stand around that, look at that property. And he's just kind of standing there looking at the property. And a man walks up to him, says, what are you doing? He says, well, we're looking at this property to, to buy it. He said, oh, really? You want to buy this property? He said, what's it for? He said, well, we're going to be using it, the church. The church is purchasing it to make it a university. He said, oh, a church is purchasing this. A church wants to build it. He said, well, I'm the owner. I'm the owner. And instead of purchasing it, I'm going to give it to the church. Whew, hallelujah. I'm going to give it to the church. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to give it. And they took possession of it. And with all the properties, the property, with all the buildings already built on the property. Think about that. All the buildings already built on the property. Thank you, Jesus. And all of a sudden, boom, the secrets of God are at work, bringing the blessing of God. That's how it works. When God gives you access to his ways, his thoughts, his secrets, it gives you access to his blessings. Things nobody even knew was there. Hallelujah. But they're there. They're there. I remember Brother Shem, I'll, I'll tell you this story and then, I'll, and then I will um, pray for you. But I remember Brother Shambach telling the story that there was a man who came into one of his tent meetings and they were receiving an offering for the ministry for evangelism and the Holy Ghost started dealing with this man who was saving up money to buy a new work truck. And so as the man was listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit, the Lord told him, I want you to empty that account that you've been saving all that money for a work truck and I want you to sow it into this ministry. I want you to sow it. And uh, so he obeyed and he went and took that money he'd been saving for a truck and sowed it into Brother Shambach's ministry. The man tells his own testimony. He said, you know, uh, I was driving down the road after I sowed that. He said, and as I was driving down the road, I saw this old beat up truck on the side of the road. And I heard the same Holy Spirit that told me to sow the seed, told me to pull over and call the for sale sign number on the truck and ask how much they wanted. And I said, I heard the Lord say, there's your new truck. And he said, that ain't my truck. All beat up and old and who knows what's wrong with it. But he said, no, the Lord said, pull over, call the number and ask him about buying it. So he obeyed. Talking about the secrets of God. He obeyed. He called the number on the sign. How much you want? Reluctantly. How much you want for this truck? 
It was only a small amount of money, old beat up truck. He said, I'll take it because the Lord told him to buy it. And he shared the testimony under the tent with Brother Shambach. He said, I, I bought it. He said, then I was driving that old truck down the road. He said, and the Lord said, now pull this truck over and pop the hood. So the man pulled the truck over the side of the road, popped the hood. He said, now I want you to reach down in and around the engine block. And I want you to feel, feel around. And so the man did it. And he felt, and then he put his hand on something that should not have been there. He felt like uh, something that was stuck to the, uh, inside the, inside the hood, he felt, felt it stuck there. Lord said, grab hold of it and break it off. He grabbed it and broke that thing off. And it was a big ball of hardened grease that was inside the, uh, hood of the, uh, under the, under the hood of the truck. He said, now break that open. The man takes this hardened ball of grease, breaks it open. Inside of that was a roll, a thick roll of $100 bills. He was like, I don't know how that was there. If somebody was hiding money or maybe they were hiding it from their wife and it was their stash and didn't tell anybody about it before they died or who knows. But there's a roll of $100 bills caked in grease and inside that, inside that engine. He said, I took it and I began to count the money. And he said, as I counted it, when I got to the end, it was the exact amount of money I needed to buy the new work truck cash. Hallelujah. Talk about a blessing. Now, he could have just passed that old truck by. But what was going on? The Lord was giving him access to the secrets that God has. The secret things belong to the Lord. The secret things belong to the Lord. And he obeyed the Lord and, and that secret opened up the way. And boom, his blessing was right there. That's what I'm talking about tonight. God, and I believe as we're coming to the end of this fast, God is going to give you access to his secrets, divine thoughts, things that you could, I like the way that the NET, I like the way that the translators gave us that commentary, something that was inaccessible, something that was fortified that you would not know about unless the Lord showed you. That's exactly what I'm believing for you, that God is going to give you access to his secrets, things that were fortified, things that were inaccessible until he gave you that access. Glory to God. That's it. That's it. Montanique has a great uh, confession in the comments. I will hear the, the Lord and not question when he tells me to do something. Amen. Amen. And Montanique, you remember the song that we always sing. I'll say yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. I will trust you and obey. And when your spirit speaks to me, with my whole heart, I'll agree. And when God's giving us access to those secrets, our only job is to say, yes, Lord, yes. Yes, Lord, yes. And that obedience brings the blessing. Hallelujah. That obedience brings the blessing. And so, Lord, I come to you tonight in the name of Jesus. Here with the Victory Tribe, we're asking you to now make available to us the secrets that you have. Lead us and guide us by your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, that the Spirit was sent to us to guide us into all truth. We thank you that we have access to your voice. We thank you that we have access to your ways and to your thoughts. Lord, you did that. Lord, you even, your word records, even in the Old Testament, that you made known your actions to the children of Israel, but you made known your ways unto Moses. 
And Lord, we thank you that we have an even better covenant than Moses had. So we're asking you now at the end of this fast, make your ways known unto us. Let your secrets be known unto us. Lead us perfectly into the blessing, the increase, the promotion, the impact that you have for us and our families, our businesses, our ministries. I pray that it would quickly, quickly happen. That things that are not even able to be explained would quickly come to pass in our lives. That all we'll be able to say is it's the Lord's doing and it's marvelous in our eyes. It's the Lord's doing and it's marvelous in our eyes. That's all we'll be able to say. And so, Lord, we thank you. We give you praise. It's the Lord's doing. Glory to God. We'll just have to lift our hands and laugh as we know that only you could have done what just took place. We'll be like them that dream. Then our mouths will be filled with laughter and our tongue will be filled with singing. And even the heathen will say, the Lord has done great things for them. That's going to be our story in Jesus' name. The Lord has done great things for them. And the Lord has done great things for us. So now, Lord, we thank you for the things you've done in the past. We give you praise for your mighty acts of greatness in the past. We thank you for every miracle that's taken place. We thank you for every healing that you've brought to pass. We thank you for every deliverance that's happened in our lives. We thank you for every one of our family members that are already saved. We thank you for every financial breakthrough that you've released into our lives. We thank you for every open door. But now, Lord, we transition into thanking you for the things you're about to do. We thank you, Lord, for the things you're about to do. The doors that are opening up to us, the things that are changing quickly, this year of transformation that will be like nothing we've ever seen. We thank you, Lord, that our minds are renewed by the word of God. We will not conform to this world, but we will be transformed by the renewing of our minds in Jesus' wonderful name. And so, Lord, as we press in, in these last few days of this fast in 2023, we thank you, Lord, that we'll begin to clearly hear direction and instruction. I'm praying for those, Lord, that are watching and listening. They're be they've been believing you for clear direction for 2023, divine instruction for 2023. I ask you to give it to them quickly, Lord. Before we come to the end of this fast, speak to their spirit. Tell them which direction to go. Tell them what they're called to do. Give them a glimpse into the future by releasing your divine secrets to them by the Holy Ghost. And we thank you that in 2023, in every month we will increase. In every month we'll be built to another level. We will accomplish what you called us to do in Jesus' wonderful name. We thank you that the shield of faith that you've provided for us, it extinguishes every fiery dart of the wicked one. We cannot be destroyed. We will not be defeated. It's ever forward and never back. We only go higher. We never fall. We never diminish. The, our paths are getting brighter in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, we take this time to praise you ahead of time, to thank you like it's already done because it is already done. Because we don't believe we receive when it comes to pass. We believe we receive when we pray. And so, Lord, tonight as we pray, we call it done. We call it done in Jesus' name. I pray for all of your precious people that are watching and listening. 
I pray that you'd strengthen their bodies. I pray that you'd bring healing virtue into their bodies tonight. Strengthen their minds, touch their minds. Give them peaceful rest, peaceful sleep. I pray you give them peace that passes understanding. Joy that's overflowing. We thank you for that. We give you honor and praise for that in Jesus' name. We thank you that tonight we're crossing over into another level of your glory and your grace. We thank you that we're crossing over into another level of your glory and your grace in the wonderful name of Jesus. And if you believe that, somebody shout aloud, amen, in Jesus' wonderful name. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.